Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions Mental Health Podcast. I'm Luke and I've not been here for a little while. It's been about three weeks or maybe even four weeks since I last uploaded a podcast. There isn't a real reason for that. I just thought I'd give myself a little bit of a break. I put it out on social media that even though I was still posting, I just thought I'd have a little break from the podcast. I've been doing what, I think this is like episode 30, I don't even know, but I recently hit the year anniversary of the stress sessions about probably about a week ago now. So I thought, right, I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to have a few weeks off. So it's just worked out like that. But I'm coming back with a really, really great episode. And I'm so excited to share this one with you. It's with the amazing artist from Hearsay, Suzanne Shaw. Suzanne has also won Dancing on Ice. She's a West End performer. She used to be in Emmerdale. And she's just a real inspiration to me because, (laughs) like me, she really enjoys running. So a lot of the chat that we had in this podcast was based on running. But it wasn't just about that. It was about the way that she tackled her mental illness. So on World Mental Health Day a couple of years ago, she released a really hard-hitting video um, through our social media Instagram account about um, how she'd been suffering and she hadn't ever spoken to anybody before about it so it's kind of coming out in the open about how she was feeling um, just to kind of help other people and help her Instagram followers if if they were suffering too so I spoke to her a little bit about that Um, she's um, sober so I spoke to her about her sobriety she had a massive massive run coming up before or no after this podcast was recorded but she's now done that run so this chat well some of the chat might be a little bit out of date but please do listen to it because it's really really inspirational really really motivational so I I just loved recording this one because I used to listen to hearsay back in the day and I used to love them um so to get Suzanne on um who's a really really massive mental health advocate was amazing so without further ado I'm just gonna go straight into it I've rambled on for a little bit now because I'm quite excited about sharing this with you so here is the stress sessions with Suzanne Shaw good it was cold it's um it's really weird because it got it the weather perked up last week didn't it and then this week it's just gone like full full winter but yeah it's good run i'm i'm trying to do 5k each day for this whole month so So is that for any challenge or is that your own personal just because i need to get fit i am i've I've got i've got two marathons at the end of the year so I need to try and start. Which ones are you doing? Uh, So I've got Brighton and two weeks later, London. Yeah, because I've got Manchester in 
think two weeks later London I think they're like all oh, together okay. they're all going when's the earliest we can do a marathon October so every single marathon's happening in October <laughs> yeah it's going to be interesting because yeah I've not ran two marathons in the space of two weeks so. um, can, I, can I just say like what are those trainers behind you all for your marathon <laughs> no I collect trainers I uh, yeah oh. <laughs> Just a little collection. Small <laughs> no, collection of trainers, yes. <laughs> How have you been today anyway? Yeah, I've been grand. Uh, really good. good. Um, you just feel amazing, don't you, after a run? It kind of sets you up for the day. Thank you so much for coming on here because I, yeah. do you know what? I've been really excited for this chat for, well, since, since we organised it. For instance, I used to really like hearsay back in the day and <laughs> which is many moons ago wasn't it but yeah, yeah it's actually 20 years ago as probably on the nose really when our single was out like really that's it was Mar- i remember it was around about march we released pure and simple 20 years ago wow Crazy. is is there any reunion on the cards uh not in my diary at the minute i think, I think, it's, really, I think it's really tough um you know we're it's it's quite ironic really there's a massive pandemic in our way for our 20 year <laughs> reunion so i think we thought about it we chatted but right now it's kind of uh, on the back burner i'm not sure i'm not sure we're able to one fit anything in because of everyone else's schedules and two nervous to fit something in because we don't know whether it's going to get pulled um, yeah we're, not, we, we're we're unsure whether we're able to do anything so yeah, so at the moment, nothing, nothing's in the diary, nothing's happening. Um, it was a, you know, a thought um, last year, but yeah, nothing's coming to fruition yet. But who knows? Never say never. We might do our fourth no, no. anniversary. We might do our fourth <laughs> You know, all slightly older, even more so. <laughs> I suppose as well, like in twenty years, there's going to be so many changes. Like you. Some of you have had children, you've got married, you live, live in different countries. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of differences. There are a lot of differences, yeah. You kind of, um, it's funny really, because it's been a lot of space. We weren't, I suppose, the reason, like Coronation Street for Kim, she was in Corrie far longer than she was in Hearsay. Um, mm. And I was in like the Rocky Horror Show for, like over two years of, of my time and that was longer than here so we weren't actually together as a band that long so there's been a lot of space between when we were together and did a job and when and now so it's just you know there's a lot to take into consideration of people's careers and lives and and actually you know we've all been not pop stars for much longer than we were so it's like, yeah. do we want that yeah. for our lives? So there's a lot to consider and, and that just doesn't happen overnight. And like I said, and in the middle of a pandemic as well. Yeah, that's that's an old thing, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> so the, the first question I've got on my list is, and this is a really nice, simple one to kick it all off. Okay. What is the one one song, just one, that puts you in a really happy, positive mood? Uh, without fail, Dancing in the Moonlight, Top Loader. No way. Yeah, without. Fail. You know what? That's my wife's one as well. Isn't it? Yeah, she like yeah. So if she's in a she, if she's feeling down or yeah. if she's in a bad mood, she'll put that on and it's that's her song. Yeah, 
I love it. I think it's just the even the start of it. That da 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 da. Like that coming in, and you just suddenly you're in the groove. And I I absolutely love that song. Without fail, that will make life feel a lot better. Definitely. About two weeks ago, I would have said no idea. God, I've got this one. I've got that one, or maybe that one or that one. But uh, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, we, uh, something quite sad happened within our family and we lost a really close family member. And um, we, we were just all sat in the living room and we decided to put some music on and we put that song on. And I, I swear to God, I've never, been, I've never felt so immediately lifted. And I just thought, that's my song. That is my everything's okay song everything's going to be okay and I just thought that is it now I'm, I'm now going to be that person who knows what song they absolutely love so, yeah. do, you, do you find that for you music's quite emotive as well because I especially find uh, like that so but if I'm listening to like Deezer or Spotify like when you when you've got a random playlist on and a song comes on that you think oh that like immediately oh that makes me really sad are you are you like that with music or yeah I'd say I'm quite a sensitive person um so music um will automatically either make me cry or irritate me if it's pumping music say if I'm doing a workout and they've got like banging music on my anxiety can go up um you know if it's an emotional sentimental piece I'll cry if it's like dancing in the moonlight I suddenly feel euphoric so I'm very, very susceptible and sensitive to sound, but I am to feeling, to, to, to visuals, to, to lots of things. So I'm quite, yeah, very, very sensitive person. And is there anything kind of else in your life that you would say makes you particularly anxious? So is it, is like, is there a particular scenario that would make you anxious or yeah, for instance, lots, like the music sort of thing? Yeah, look, like I said, I don't, it's funny because I never knew it was an actual thing where there are sensitive people. There was a documentary that I came across a few uh, months ago and it's a, and on there, um, it's about sensitive people and, and, and to the extreme where people can't leave the house because they could see a homeless person and literally it would break their heart and they would cry and cry mm. and cry and, and not be able to, to go out the home and have to go back in. And obviously there's, you know, a, a scale of how sensitive you are. But Alanis Morissette was in the documentary. Oh, wow. She, yeah, she's saying, you know, she talks very much like, you know, as a kid, I just was so sensitive to things. And when, when I say sensitive, you know, I can deal and handle lots of scenarios and situations happening. But I am a very sensitive person when it, it comes to energies and vibes around me. So... I could suddenly be sit here and my heart rate's going up. I'm like, I don't know why I'm anxious. I don't know what's kicked this anxiety off. And, and it probably will be a triggered thought. So I will find that, um, yeah, just, just thoughts maybe that I've had in the morning. I've not even really, really held on to those thoughts and investigated them, but it's triggered some, some anxiety. And that might be over financial uh, situations can worry me and I can get anxious. Um, probably that's my biggest trigger, um, but then worried about future and family. For example, my anxiety at the moment is all over the place because I'm worried about the next 
step of education for my eldest son who's going to college. So oh, I find okay. that really difficult and it overwhelms me, the fact that we haven't got that answer yet. And so I get quite anxious. And I think that's where my sensitivity comes in, that I, I really want it to be sorted because I'm worried that I've got that weight on my shoulders because I don't want to make the wrong decision for him. But equally, I want him to play a big part of making that decision. And to get to that stage um, can be quite overwhelming and anxious for me to just make a simple move of what college is he going to go to. Um, but then probably that's heightened with what's happened at the moment. And the, the line of career he wants to go in is unfortunately the entertainment industry. And, <laughs> and, and it's decimated at the moment. There's nothing going on. So many friends of mine have lost so much because they haven't got work and they've fallen through the cracks when it's come to the government funding. And, and so I worry that he's, the, the courses he wants to take is that, is it the right route for him to make? So yeah, I, I do very easily I'm susceptible to emotion massively. Yeah, I've, I totally get the the whole like being worried for like again for your for your son and making it's it's a big decision that isn't it? Because I remember when I was choosing like so I I went to university but I almost didn't because I didn't get the grades that I should have done. So I <laughs> off my own back applied for college. Didn't tell my parents anything. Didn't tell them that I hadn't got into uni or anything like that. And I eventually got in through clearing. And to this day, I don't know if they know already. I don't know. They might not. But, <laughs> but um, it's, I sort of took it into my own hands with, in that scenario because I thought, oh, I don't want my parents worrying about it. I don't want them to know because I'm, on the flip side of that, it made me feel bad. And I then probably expressing their opinion on it would make me feel even worse. I was a bit like, I just won't tell them. But um, yeah. yeah, that... It's it's a big it's a big decision, I think. But I think when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, your I guess your son will do whatever whatever he does want to do eventually because yeah. that's what he wants to do. So it's yeah, I know. And and it, and it did come back to the question, and we were thinking he's he's very good at Spanish. He's great at languages, and he's set to get an excellent grade uh, for it, or the highest he can get. So we don't want him to give that up but at the same time the course that he wants to do is a full-time course it's the equivalent to um three a levels and we just mm. sat for ages chatting about it and i just said to him ultimately what lies at the bottom of your heart what is it you want to do because whatever lies at the bottom of the heart that's not going to go away until you've tried to achieve it or until you've given it a really good crack or you've achieved it and he just said i want to act and I was like, well, that's the course you've got to take then. And that's mm. what we need to support you on. And as much as you are amazing at Spanish, you know, it's, we let that go. You know, we'll, we'll, you can always do that out of school anyway. So, yeah, I think, I think whatever lies at the bottom of your heart and whatever you say and whatever you really are passionate about and is going to give you fire in your belly, then that's what you have to be doing with your life. Because you can't get stuck in a, in a job that ultimately you're going to be unhappy about and think why didn't I do that I wanted to do that and I never did it well, I suppose so many people just live with a life full of regret of oh what what if what if I'd have done that because they're yeah. they've been sort yeah. of pulled back by their emotions by their I guess anxieties of not yeah yeah taking the safe bet I guess so I and I, I I've 
I've done that quite a few times before. So for instance, I had a job in the past where that I was perfectly okay to do and then jacked it in because I thought I'm not good enough for it. Yeah. And I think so many people experience that throughout life where they think, oh, I can't actually do this because I won't make it where they probably could have. Yeah, it is. It's fear. Fear will always get in the way. Um, the only thing that ever gonna is going to hold you back in your life are your thoughts. And it's silly that, isn't it? It seems such a simple mm. thing, but it is ultimately the only thing that holds you back in your life are your thoughts because anything is possible. Um, so it's the fear, it's getting out of your own way, really. Um, and that's something that I suppose this this pandemic has taught me more than anything. This time, this time out, um, it's really taught me to to understand myself a little bit more and to um, and to try and get out of my own way to achieve what I ultimately want to achieve. So I've been following your account on Instagram for for a little while, and I remember you posted that video last year about talking about your mental health and that you've been suffering yeah. for it must be well it's, I think it's 18 years with anxiety and depression but w was that the first time that you had spoken about your um, mental health or yes and no I had spoken about it in terms of postnatal depression I had hmm. opened up about after I had my first son Corey how I struggled with it and then I struggled again with it after I had my second son but what I didn't do, it, it was funny, really. I felt almost like it was okay to talk about postnatal depression, but I couldn't say that I had depression because the reality was I struggled way before. I was on medication way before I had my um, first son, then all the way in between, and then, you know, all the way, uh, obviously, up, up until actually just recently. So um, for some reason, I felt like the stigma wasn't as bad putting it down to postnatal depression because it was almost like I can talk about it it'll be for a short time and then that will be that um but yeah I it was the very first time that I'd opened up properly about it and and was honest and said no I, it's been it's been way before then it was pretty much off the back of hearsay when I um I, I got yeah I got really poorly with it how did you personally feel when you I guess put that video out there because there was a lot there's a lot of positive feedback because obviously it's it's a really great thing to to yeah. to go out there and, and say that I was really scared I sat in the, that chair in my bedroom for about three hours trying to put that video together um I so much so that it's the, the reason it's so dark the, the video <laughs> because the sun had gone down and I didn't realise and I was just sat in a dark oh. <laughs> and I was like oh god I've was, I was just sat there and then I, I didn't post it for ages because I was so scared of people's opinions and then once I'd honestly once I'd post it my partner my fiance said you feel it's like a weight has lifted off your shoulders all of a sudden by doing that it was almost like by announcing it, by telling the world, I could then officially be myself and just be able to do what I really wanted to do was to talk about my journey and inspire others. You know, I made these changes. I was four months into making some really big changes. My clarity was better. I was feeling more aware and what I wanted to do and getting to know myself for the first time because I've made these big lifestyle changes that by talking about it openly was another thing that I need 
the detox that I needed to do to then move on and get on with my life. And that, that I've been able to do. And it's so funny because I just, I used to even like hide my medication. Like if I thought, oh God, I've, I've got to take my tablets. I've not taken one today. I used to like hide it in my bag if I was around other people. I used to be really, really ashamed that I had to have that prop. I was really ashamed of it. And isn't that funny because it's only recently that I've been able to open up about it. But 20 years of feeling ashamed of having mental health problems because I was scared. And do you know why I was scared? My mum's a mental health nurse. So she was the one who's oh, okay. all the time. So she's always been the person to go, I think you need to have help. But she's also somebody who goes, you're going to have to keep it to yourself because the world doesn't accept it. So if you talk about it, you won't get jobs. You will lose out on jobs. And and then I thought, you know what, well, I wouldn't be brave enough to talk about this so this perception gets changed. So we just knock this on the head now. I know the tide's turning. More of us are speaking about it, which is fantastic. Um, but there is still uh, a stigma. There is still a stigma there. And, um, and I just want to keep banging down that wall to stop that stigma. And that's what I'm going to do until the day I die and say, absolutely okay. Not to be okay. It is okay. So... Yeah, that was like kind of my first thing was to go, I've got to be brave enough to do this, this if I want to make changes. And it can't just be, uh, oh, I suffered with postnatal depression. I've got to tell my full, full story here. And what made you make that decision to, I guess, post that video in the first place? Because it was, it was on World Mental Health Day, wasn't it? Or around that yeah, okay. week. So there's a World Mental Health Week. Um, and it was towards the end of that week. I think I'd seen some other people post and thinking, God, good on you. And then, like I said, I, I had this, this my Instagram account and I, I was about to get rid of it. And I thought, shall I bother with this? You know, I've got really nothing to say. When I do post something, I'm not really truly being me. I'm posting because I'm on holiday and what's that? That's showing off. And that's probably making feel, somebody feel inferior or I'm posting about being on stage is that setting off triggering some somebody or what? And I was always like really unsure what I was supposed. And I thought there's no point in having an account if this is how I'm going to feel. Um, and then I thought, no, do you know what? I'm going to use it to help motivate and inspire people. And because of the change, I don't think I would have done it if I hadn't have made the big lifestyle changes because it was all about going on to talk about that, about actually how I needed to help, truly help myself to uh to combat my mental health, to really, to really give myself a fighting chance. So it was about that really. It was about, I had to announce it. I had to put that out there so I could then say, and these are the changes I've made. And this is what's helping me now. I still have days where I fear my own shadow. Um, but I've got to say 90% of the time I don't anymore. Like I'm so much better. And who knew, you know, quitting drinking and going running and, and doing mindfulness and meditation was literally going to change my life and I'm so much happier um, because I'm looking after myself putting myself first by putting myself first I'm such a better person for everybody else it's been the biggest change best thing I've ever done for myself yeah I, I mean you, you do a lot of the time you do neglect yourself don't you because you think oh there's there's other people that, that depend on you that look up to you that the people there's a lot of people in your life that you you do naturally put first but it's 
until you can it's that it's that saying isn't it where until you love yourself you can't love anybody else and I think that's that's so true with being mentally healthy I think you just can't it's funny isn't it really we don't we don't get taught how to look after ourselves what we do get taught is don't be selfish put people first stop thinking about yourself those are all the words that I heard growing up um so when you do put yourself first or you do give yourself praise or you know you say no to somebody suddenly that is you you're a selfish person or you don't you don't want to be doing that you don't want to look like that no you have to you have to for the sake of your mental health because you will crash and burn and not be there for anybody else ultimately anyway um and so it wasn't until I decided to stop doing that I'd like literally I will not put anybody before myself I, I, I just won't I won't I, I have to put my own gas mask on first and when I started to do that I have become a better person for everybody around me I can do more for others now because I'm looking after myself whereas I'd be able to do stuff for them then I'd crash and burn then I would resent that everybody is draining on my energy and pulling from me and then ultimately I'd be like everybody go away and leave me alone <laughs> and, they, and it's funny really but now when I just say no mummy will be with you in a minute I'm just going to do a yoga give me 30 minutes I will then come down and sit with you and then we'll spend hours together and we'll do stuff um or you know with my friends no I'll, I'll come out but I'm not drinking and even if it's like oh go on just have one no I can't I can't do that because you know I've got but I'll still come out and have a really good time with you because do you know what I am still fun off alcohol as well <laughs> So by making those changes, by putting myself first, um, I've been able to be a lot more of a supportive friend, partner, and um, a, a much better mum. Uh, but s- since you created that video, put it out there, and it's it's kind of been a year on now. Do you you can't, so for me when I when I started speaking about it on on the podcast, it kind of opens the floodgates a bit, doesn't it? And you kind of think, why did I not speak about this years ago? Like what? Why did I bottle it up so much? Yeah. And you kind of think, why? <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I did think that, but also I wasn't in the right mind space to do it years ago either. Probably mm. like yourself, you probably go, I was too vulnerable to open the vulnerability up. It's funny you can when you're in a stronger position, you can speak up openly about it. Um, and I don't, I don't think I would have been able to articulate it right years ago, but I was in the right headspace to talk about it. And the floodgates did open. I, I can't tell you how I was overwhelmed with direct messages. Um, and now it's lovely, you know, I really engage with people who are on here and I've seen people either make similar changes and come back and gone, oh my God, you know, I'm feeling much better. Or, you know, they, they've managed to find a community or get help themselves when they're, they're like, you've said something. And I think, I think actually I might be struggling here and thank you for saying something. Cause I'm, I'm going to go and see somebody. Um, and that for me is just like the most important. That's why I, I spoke and I thought, God, if, if you can just literally like you, if you can just speak out about it and probably help one person it's worth, it's worth its weight in gold it really is just just speaking and being open and honest and I think that is for me now what I try to do if I've got if I've got something that I want to say I really 
it's so e it is so easy for us to not pretend we're something we're not, but not miss out the grey bits of our life and put everything in colour and go, I'm so wonderful, isn't it so wonderful? It's easy to do that because it makes you feel powerful, it makes you feel stronger. But actually, it doesn't. It just puts you within all of these people who are just trying to hide behind the pain of life. And I think the minute you start opening up and going, yeah, do you know what? I have great days and I still post about that. But I also say, you know, life is tough. It's really difficult. So still be open and honest. It's not all perfect. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's about, it's about showing that so it, people can feel like they're not alone. I think that's one thing we don't want as humans. We never want to feel alone. We're not meant to be alone. We're all meant to be a tribe. You're meant to be within your tribe. You're meant to uh, look at somebody else and look like, you know, you're familiar, you've got two arms, you've got two legs and a head. Okay, yeah, I'm not alone, I'm not unusual. And you, you want common ground with people. And I think when, when you're amongst people who all, only talk about their success and how well and how amazing they are, that's not real, it's not, it's not tough because it's not true. On that topic as well, one, so one thing that I have struggled with in the past is comparing yourself to other people and you've, you've kind of just touched on that then. I, throughout my whole life, I've always been a bit like, oh, this person's done this, I wish I could do that, or this person's got that job, I wish I had that. How, how do you kind of deal with that personally? Um, I've not, I've never really been able to deal with it. Um, I've come from an industry where you don't only compare yourself, you get compared to other people. I was in a band where I was compared to two other females. I've been in um, and down to nice where I'm compared to other people and other competitors. Um, been in a soap opera where I'm compared to other females in that. My industry is about the media comparing you and you therefore compare. A casting director will compare you, a director, a producer. Mm. So I've spent my life being compared to other people publicly. And that's been tough on my mental health because then you feel like maybe you're not doing it right. There's been times I'll hear somebody practicing their scripts outside a casting room and I'll hear them do it differently to how I've practiced it and I've changed changed it. Oh, really? Wow. That's the way I should be doing it. And I've lost out on the job because I'm not doing it for me and what I should be doing. Um, you know what? Again, something we should be taught. Don't compare yourself. It's pointless. And it's only again in, in recent years um, that I've stopped doing that. I've stopped comparing myself on Instagram. And when I do, and I still do, I'll flick through, you know, some people who, you know, blonde in a similar industry to me and I'll look at them and I'll go, God, they look like they're having an amazing time. That looks, but their life looks perfect. Oh God, mine's not. I'll literally go, no, put it down. And even if I have to, I'll unfollow or mute that person because it's not good for my mental health. Well, that's one thing I did um, as well with the quitting alcohol and going on a plant-based diet and running. I, um, I changed up my Instagram. I had to unfollow a load of accounts that I was following that weren't healthy for me and follow people that were really going to inspire me and make me want to do better um, and not in intimidate, inspire me, just really inspire me. And so that's what I did. 
And if I find something on there that I'm going, oh, that's, do you know what, that's made me feel a bit imposter syndrome. I either have to come off for a while and have a break from social media. It's going to do that. There's no doubt. We're all humans. We all go, oh, have they got a better life than me? But I think it's being mindful. It's being aware of that. So then you prevent yourself going down that rabbit hole. Um, but I spent years thinking that I should have had brown hair and a different singing voice and, you know, slightly taller. And then maybe I would have been more successful. But it's pointless. I, one thing that I did when I was hit my rock bottom, I was like, this is who I am. There is no getting out of my body. There is no escaping what is looking back at me. So I better start talking to myself with a bit more respect and loving myself because this is now the shell that I'm going to live in. So I'm going to stop not wanting to be a part of it. Stop saying I hate my life. Stop saying detrimental to my things and own the shit out of me. And I'm going to own this and I'm going to be dead proud of what I am doing. And that's how I'm going to start talking to myself because there isn't any getting out of this. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it and enjoy every single second. And like I said, 90% of the time I can achieve that. There's always going to be times when I'm struggling. I'm really struggling to, to force myself to say, you're good, you're all right, you've got this. But then that's when I, I lean on other people to help me with that. I think as well, it's a part of, I guess, recovery is seeing that there's something wrong so on a day where you're not in a good mood or you are feeling really really down it's noticing that realizing it and going oh actually yeah I am down I can do this this and this to get out of yeah that but then it's it's just in the realization of it because I remember looking back a couple of years ago I'd be in a certain mood and then not realise that I'm in that mood until even my wife has told me. So somebody else would have to literally tell me, why are you being, why are you, like, why, why are you so down today? And I'll go, I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and be down though. But it, I, I didn't realise that that was me. Whereas now I'd be like, oh, I'm down. And it's fine that I'm down, but I've realised it and that I'm I'm not going to carry that on into the next day. I'll be a different, I'll be, I might be in a different mood the next day. I'll be the same person, but yeah. it's not going to, continue sort of thing I think realizations is the first step it is and it's and it's accepting that it's accepting that that is going to happen you can't be you can't be in a perfect mood all the time I think one thing that I've I've noticed when I'm tired when I've not had good sleep when I've not been breathing right when I've not been feeding myself right I'm going to not feel amazing. It's going to change my hormone balance. It's going to make me feel groggy and moody. And to not overwhelm yourself with a workload or put yourself in a predicament where you're going to react to a conversation maybe that you have to have or or put yourself in a meeting place. I think that's when you go, oh, it's not going to be a good day. So what I want to do is probably I'm going to move that meeting to tomorrow and I'm actually just going to take myself away from an argument that I might that might happen with the family. So I'm just going to go out walking for a bit. It, I think it's knowing when you're you're have, you're feeling that way to take yourself away from the situation. Because sleep, sleep, it's such a simple thing. But if you don't get enough of it, you, your balance is going to be all over the place. And um, and water, I don't drink enough water a lot of the time, and that just makes you tired and then irritable so it's just that self-awareness 
the biggest thing I'm practicing all the time is that mindfulness, becoming self-aware. Um, and then it just, just helps you navigate life a lot better. And do you have kind of coping mechanisms of dealing with certain situations? So if you're particularly down or not in a great mood, is, is, do you have like certain things that are kind of pick-me-ups? Um, yeah, certain tools I'll turn to. Um, like I'll go for a nap, for example. Um, uh, breathing. Breathing is so important. Um, if you ever want to do you know the Wim Hof method, method and um, the ice I've method. heard of it but I've not yeah so coping mechanisms for me is ice uh, cold showers cold showers oh, okay. so cold water therapy is brilliant which makes, makes, makes you automatically <gasps> breathe in and out because it's cold it's freezing so it gets your breathing going so breathe, that taking those gasps of breath is so vitally important for our organs um, drinking loads of water um, and sleep. Those are the three things, the breathing, the sleep and the water is when I know I'm in a bit of a bad place. I just need to really um, feed upon that. Um, and then sometimes if I know that I can't, my head is, my mind chat is too strong to get myself out of that negative uh, mindset, just accept it and let it be. So just ride, ride the wave with it sometimes I just go it's too powerful it's too strong I'm doing everything I can can't meditate right now I've drunk loads of water and nothing seems to be working I can't go to sleep because of my crazy thoughts and you know my breathing I've just I'm just not there it's not happening so just let it be go out sometimes I'll run and literally just have a good old cry it's it's my therapy running running's definitely been one thing that um if, if it was a person, they should be charging a lot of money for it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's been my sort of lifesaver, I think, over the years that I always go back to. So I'll, I won't, so for instance, last month, I ran twice in the whole month. And I wasn't in a great state, but not, not, not really bad, but I, yeah, I because I hadn't ran it yeah. was I, I found it difficult whereas this this month I'm still not in a great place but I'm trying to do the things to pull me out of that yeah that bad place by by putting the sort of little things in place like the running well I would say eating healthy by the Chinese takeaway last night but <laughs> you know what I made burger and chips last night for the kids and I had one of those beyond burgers and um we had french fries with it and and actually, I knew I didn't. I didn't. I, I, it was really hard five k run this morning because I knew my nutrition wasn't right. But I know it. But I still, I wanted that treat. I wanted to have a crazy dopamine kick and uh, and then go crashing down. I wanted that. And it's okay, but it's just that where I used to do that all the time and not be aware why I was feeling down. Now it's I do it that occasionally and know that I'm going to be like struggle on a run tomorrow um, because like I've literally just had all the trans fats and sugars and carbs you've got a big run coming up soon how how how, <laughs> how are you gonna do that because I mean that that's that's a long that's a long time like what I mean the first question is why why did you choose to do it <laughs> So um, I'm friends with a guy called Mike Seaman, who is the founder of a of the Run Show, 
the running show, the national running show. And um, we do a run club together on, um, on Clubhouse. And we, uh, we were chatting one week about what's easier, a marathon or an ultramarathon. And the ultramarathon runners in the room said, ultramarathon all day long, because nobody ever says, what time did you do an ultramarathon in? They're just like, you did an ultramarathon, oh my God. Um, whereas, you know, you, it's harder doing a marathon because you're trying to get that sub four hour mark. And so it's, it's, it's hard. Um, so I went, right, well, that's it then. My first marathon is going to be an ultra. We joke, we're all like, yeah, great, yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, I might, I'm going to do that just because I'm that crazy person. Anyway, so we came off the clubhouse and then the day after, Mike Seaman was like, would you, would you do an ultra before your marathon? And why would, would you, would you want to do um, a hundred miler? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, when I said an ultra marathon, a marathon's only 26 miles. Why would I go from 26 straight to 100? I was thinking more like 32. <laughs> so wherever it is, you know, that qualifies as an ultra marathon, uh, the, the least amount. Anyway, we were chatting for ages. And obviously, um, we wanted to do something quite big. Um, and I wanted to do it for a, a, a charity that I'm, I'm passionate about. And so we were doing loads of research. I was um, going to do something within mental health and then surround it by, with the, the theatre industry. So one, one thought was to run from the first place that I performed, um, ever performed, and then uh, run to a, a West End theatre that I performed in. And my very first show when I was nine years old professionally was a show called Showboat and it was at the Manchester Palace Theatre. And I was like, uh, okay. so I'm run from Manchester to London. Why couldn't I grow up in Birmingham? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's, that's too far. So Mike was trying to get me to do that. And I was like, no, no, that can't be that. And then we looked into the stats when we were looking at Samaritan to do it for them. Um, we looked into the stats and we realized like 19 people every day take their own lives because they've not been able to find a way to reach out. And I'm just so passionate about really making some noise about about really reducing that rate and getting people to speak um, before it gets to that point. And so we connected the two and said, right, well, just let's run 19 hours nonstop. Um, and that's why I'm doing the 19 hour nonstop run in aid of uh, Samaritans. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And then 24 hours later, once I announced it, I really thought about it and thought, God, that's a long time. I did uh, three hours last, last Sunday, I did a three hour run. I was exhausted afterwards. And then I thought, God, I've got 16 more hours on top of that to go on the day. What am I doing? <laughs> um, but you know what? I want to make some noise. I want to push myself. I want to learn more about myself as well. I want to discover you know, how my endurance is. And, and, and like I said, you know, I, you're only going to really make noise and raise awareness for a subject I'm so passionate about if you do something extreme. And, you know, I'm so passionate about it that I needed to do something extreme and that's what I'll do. So feel free to come join us at some point of it if you want to. Um, we're going to be going 
uh, around the North, North Downs. So we're going to trail run it for the first part and then the day after. So we start at 10 p.m. on the 17th of May and we run um, through the night and then um, we'll be heading down to Virginia Water around about um, nine, I think, eight or nine o'clock or it could be 10, 11, 12, depending on when, when I'll get there, um, to then do the last um, last hours uh, around Virginia Water, where we we're encouraging people to come and join. And even if uh, you okay. an hour um, with me, that would be great. And then just be around to support, really. I think it's crazy. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's... crazy. It's... So what... The the thing is though with running is that it's such a psychological thing. So I think if you if you mentally prepare yourself for it, you'll do it. I think if you get into your head, right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's 19 hours, but which is which is again ridiculous time. Like yeah. it's it's amazing. You will do it because you'll just literally have that in the back of your head the whole time that yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. It is. It's a mind. It is a mindset. Obviously, your body's got to be strong, and I'm training up as much as I can for that. Um, but for example, last week we um, we were going to go on for a little bit longer than the three hour. We did just two two hours fifty five or something like that, and we were going to go on for three and a half hours. But I had to get. I we'd set off late, and I had to get back to do a radio show that was on. So. Um, we had to cut it short and so it's once once we hit this point we said are we going to go that way and go for another 30 minutes or do we need to go that way and get back and the minute we said shit no we need to get back let's take that way my mind shut down we were going home and it was really tough those last 10 minutes from a to b or last 20 minutes i was just like i can't do this i can't i can't but if i'd have gone the other way my mind would have been okay for a while Uh, it's crazy I've said this quite a few times before and after I've recorded a podcast, but I really do think that that was one of my favourite ones. I just love chatting to Suzanne, and I think the reason I liked it so much was because it just came up so randomly. The whole the whole thing was set up so randomly, so basically I'm not too sure if you, the listener, follows me at Stress Sessions on Instagram, but I basically joined Suzanne's live on her Instagram account and said hello and asked if she wanted to come on the podcast through the live and it was just so random that it just happened and she said yeah that'd be that'd be great like message me here's my email and we just sorted it out and it just happened and it's just one of those things I'm just like oh my god how did that happen but yeah we did it and I really really hope that you enjoyed it thank you so much to Suzanne for coming on and she was she's just so lovely and basically she chatted a lot about the run that she was going to do and she smashed it she did it a couple of months ago and she absolutely smashed it and raised so much money for charity and yeah it was yeah I I followed her journey on Instagram and it was yeah it's bloody amazing I mean I'd highly recommend following on Instagram if you can because she's very inspirational and does a lot of really good stuff there's a few episodes of the stress sessions left this series there's two more to come and then there's a special bonus episode which i'm going to release at the end of the series to mark the one year anniversary it's just past the one year mark of me launching this so i thought i'd do something a little bit special to 
kind of make a bit of a deal out of it. So I'm going to go back to the very beginning and in about three weeks to a month time, I'm going to be releasing a podcast with me and my wife, Tara, again, because she was the first person ever to come on the stress sessions and it only feels right to end the series on that kind of revisiting what has happened in the past. And yeah, it just, it'll be good because a lot has changed over the past year um, for both me and my wife, Tara. And I think that if you follow the journey throughout, you'll find it quite interesting to listen to, I think. So make sure you look out for that one. I'll make sure I post about it on social media um, and I'll keep reminding you about it on, on the next two episodes that are coming up. Finally, I say this in every episode, but I'm not a professional. I, I, I like to think that I know what I'm talking about, but the stuff that I talk about and my guests speak about on these podcasts are just stuff that we've experienced the coping techniques that we used with our mental illnesses so don't take anything for verbatim and if you are suffering from a mental illness and you are struggling make sure you do seek professional help and what I have done is in the podcast notes I've listed all of the mental health charities and services that you can um, get in touch with if you are suffering and are struggling because I know what it's like. You you sometimes get into that hole where you don't really know where to turn or who to speak to. Um, so I thought that I would leave that as I always do in the podcast notes. And I've, I found some of those contacts and numbers and addresses really helpful from time to time. So make sure you please do visit that link and get the help that you need if you do need it. Um, last but not least, thank you so much for listening. I usually I usually script all of the intros and outros, but today I thought I've not done one of these in a while, so I'm just literally going to speak and say what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, and I'm feeling quite good today. I've been on two nine-mile runs. I did one yesterday and one today. I went to my friend's wedding the other day, so I'm on a little bit of a high, and yeah, I'm just in quite a good mood, so I just thought I'd just wing this. But... Have a bloody lovely week. It's Monday today, so make sure that you are looking after yourself, putting yourself first and having a fantastic week. So catch up soon and speak to you later. Thanks. Bye.